Hi, and welcome to iKyloCast, the only Star Wars podcast guaranteed to make you think outside your comfort zone. Come discuss metaphysics, fictive, and all things Star Wars fandom with us, and learn what it's like to live iKylo. Hi guys, welcome to this week's episode of iKylo. Uh, we were a little late this week, and I apologize for that. Uh, we had some audio issues, but hopefully all is well now. Uh, I'm waiting for my co-host to uh, join me. But while, I, while I'm waiting, I, I, I really, I've been thinking about it all week. And of course, we still have our upcoming Ray and Kylo React to Star Wars canon series that's coming. Um, but I was thinking all week, and I decided that what I really wanted to talk about uh, I wanted to talk a little more about the, the redemption subject this week, uh, sort of as a side note to the fact that I didn't really feel like we covered everything last week. And it's funny because obviously it's a subject that is very near and dear to both of us, um, considering the circumstances. And again, if you're just tuning in to iKylo for episode six, uh, I suggest that you go back and listen to a couple of the earlier ones. Our AMA really covers it. Also, our fourth episode where we had uh, Nova Mortis from uh, Enjoy Star Wars Responsibly as our special guest. We talked a little bit about metaphysics and living with Kylo and his people. Also, meta-multiverse at blogspot.com gives a lot more of an in-depth explanation uh, of the phenomenon. So... You can definitely check that out as well. But it, this is, I'd like to discuss this from a different angle. Uh, it's the same subject. It's all really at the heart of the same subject. But it's more about, it, I love discussions like this because it really does get to the center of where our life as, God, I hate the word fiction, Ken. I keep saying I need to coin a new word for the show and never doing it. In any case, uh, it's a place where our lives really intersect with fandom. It's one of those places that I've discovered with Kylo more than with any other experience I've had, and I've talked about this a lot, that I've been able to sort of get a meta view of things like fandom and how people react to things and how our lives really illustrate uh, a lot of these concepts in a way that I've never done before, and it's it's certainly an entirely new experience for me. So, as I'm experiencing this, and as he's experiencing this world, uh, and not through me, I'm I'm not always the buffer. You know, when he's present, he's present, and we've discussed this before. Uh, but as we learn these things, we're sharing them with you, and it's 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 really a, a, an amazing experience. It's not always a pleasant one. I'd say a lot of the time it's it's not a pleasant one. I've said it a hundred times. If I've said it one, no one would wish for this circumstance. Anyone who thinks it's some sort of wish fulfillment role playing, this is so uh, so often uh, something that we say that it seems like it's almost by rote at this point. You know, until you really realize what it entails to live a person's life, you can fantasize about the big dramatic points. But those big dramatic points and the things that come between are not always what you imagine. It's not like little kids dressing up and waving lightsabers and saying, I'm Darth Vader, I'm Luke Skywalker. It's fun to play. 
but when you get into the reality of it, it's not. And I, that's true with with everything, really. Little kids play cops and robbers. You know, that's you know, that's yeah. not. Little kids play cops and robbers, but the reality of being a policeman is far different than you know, you know, arresting the bad guys, which is what you assume you're going to do when you're five and think of. Being and the robbers or burglars or shoplifters aren't always. Are you like, know, they're like you know the the snidely whiplash versions yeah. where you know you're mwahaha, you know I'm going to steal these diamonds. And you know that really is <clears throat> also it's so funny because it really does come back to the subject of black and white versus nuance. And that's exactly what I wanted to talk about today. So you really just you really just led right into that, because it's another one of those things about static versus dynamic characters. And I, I was thinking about fandom discourse a lot, which is really bad for my mental health. But uh, there hasn't been any major drama lately. But thinking back to the drama that that has happened, it occurs to me that obviously, and anyone who, who's in fandom. Uh, understands is that as far as Kylo goes um, as a character <coughs> people generally fall into two distinct camps with this with schools of thought and a lot of them don't mind if the story goes a certain way or they're not going to be disappointed if it goes a certain way but a lot of people are really firmly divided and those camps are obviously the redemption people who believe that I I, I me personally, and I'm not speaking for anyone else, but based on things George Lucas has said and everyone else has said, I really think that the, the point of the story is redemption, of choosing not to do evil. I mean, it's been stated pretty clearly by almost every creative involved in the franchise. The point, there's a, a difference between it being dark as in things like Alderaan and Obviously, they mentioned torture, and obviously Rogue One was not a light-hearted kid's romp. All right. But there's a difference between showing the reality of war a little bit, in, in a little bit more detail, and the, the point being dark, as in once you make a mistake. You, and that, that's the point that, I, that I'm trying to, to get at. <coughs> People fall into the redemption camp. Kylo will be redeemed, whether it be through dying this is so strange to talk about but thankfully i've gotten to the point where it, most of the time if i'm not incredibly sleep deprived or incredibly stressed out you can separate i can discuss fandom as separate from our own lives because of timeline divergence which we've discussed before um also if you have questions about this if anyone has any questions about what we're talking about what the terms mean or what the hell we're smoking it, uh, you know, obviously, you know, you can send us an email, ikylocast at gmail.com, or hit us up on Twitter at ikylocast or Svengali Phantom, which is my personal account. Feel free to ask. In any case, going back to that, and my voice is very high today. Um, my sinuses, uh, yeah, my, my, I'm noticing. Um, I've been having a lot of trouble. I've been really ill the last week or so, and so is she. That She beats me. She's been sick for a month, and uh, anyway, there are people in the camp of Kyle be redeemed whether he gets, uh, he dies, you know, a la Vader, which I think would be incredibly lazy storytelling, but that's, that's just me, or Ray resurrects him with the power of the Force. I've seen all of these theories, or there's a, 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 a time portal, which is a theory I've seen, which they brought up on, on Rebels and 
you know, they introduced that the concept of the world between worlds, and I've seen that. Or, but but really, in the end, these people believe that Kylo will come back from the dark side and either do good, you know, in a, in a bid to atone for those things, or somehow end the story on the side of the light. And then there are those people who are Kylo has already rejected you know attempts to reach him he's reject, rejected attempts to for people to bring him back he you know he killed his father he you know so on and so forth and he needs to die because he's the villain and he needs to be defeated and the light has to win and that he's very obviously the villain and that's that you know now again i'm biased and not just because i i live with him and i i know the thought process is there and believe me his thought process is behind every decision and every statement and every movement and action and choice have been analyzed and dissected little bit by little bit over the last year it's been (laughs) exhausting but i'm i'm not even biased because of that i'm biased because I've read all of the supplementary material, and I was once many moons ago a film school student, and I've read a lot about the the craft of storytelling, and I'm not an expert by any means, not even close, but as someone who can see the points that are being made in the canon material that was written after Force Awakens, or in the novels, or the tie-ins, you know, the thing about the dice being a really specific point, you know, Han Solo's dice being featured multiple times throughout the media, multiple mentions of love and compassion being bringing people back from the dark side, you know, the lack of uh, canon Kylo content. I know there's a comic coming uh, as part of a, a group that's being done, but we've gotten you know, Bloodline for Leia, we've gotten Leia, Princess of Alderaan, we've gotten a solo novel, we've gotten Tales from Vandor, we've gotten, but nothing, there's no Ben Solo when he's older than a toddler. All right, and, well, in Bloodline, he's mentioned, but he's off with Luke at that point. And so there's this strange radio silence in the canon about that, which means that they must be building to something, because otherwise, (coughs) you know... who would who I mean who would sort of leave off that that avenue of storytelling unless there was a greater point behind that? So I think story-wise, and again, like I said earlier, based on the things that George Lucas has said and everything like that, that they're leading toward a redemption arc, but they might not be. They really might be making that choice. I mean, you might. I mean, in in, in the case of like, I I would have I opened my mouth a second ago to say you wouldn't have gotten the baby Ben sequences in. God help me, last shot. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, if they had intended to cast him as the great evildoer and say he was unredeemable, but then you have, you know, everything that came with, you know, Anakin Skywalker's childhood in Phantom Menace. However, I think that the, you know, round faced, big eyed, overly sweet, helpful child that was, you know, depicted in that was used as an illustration of exactly how horrible the transformation was. I think, yeah, that's exactly, you know, what it was. And it it also illustrated 
how it wasn't just one choice that led him to the dark side. It was a series of his own fears. And his, like I said, like we said before, Matthew Stover, uh, the Revenge of the Sith novelization is probably the best Star Wars novel ever written. I love many of them. I will never love another novel the way I love that one. It is brutal. It is painful. It is beautiful. And it is... I, I would love someday, and I know that he doesn't um, spend a lot of time involved with Star Wars at this point, uh, from what I understand, but I would very much like to someday to shake his hand and tell him that it was brilliant. Uh, in any case, you know... It was very well illustrated in the novel, uh, the series of bad decisions, or not even bad decisions, but decisions under duress, misguided decisions, I think really sums it up. And that's... And the great tragedy of it all is so Tragedy is the underpinning word. You know, was so well... Like, the clandestine tragedy of it all. It, 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 It is overwhelming. And to bring it back to the point, that's sort of the point. You know, the, this divide seems to be between people who see Star Wars as a tragedy and Star Wars as a, as a hope story. Yeah. And I finally realized uh, while I was thinking about this that I really believe I understand where the division lies. In, in this, this is what we were talking about this morning. Uh, can I bring that up here in a second? Yeah, yep. yep. Let, let me yep. express that because the main point of the entire subject I wanted to talk about is the fact that there, I, I find that the people who lean toward redemption are the people who not just identify with Kylo, but see his struggle as a result of things that were done and things that were not done and relationships that maybe weren't what they were supposed to be and his own emotional problems and his own lack of self-control and his own fears And these are the people that tend to have had experience, just from what I can understand, with feeling isolated and feeling different and feeling angry or things like that. People, or or generally people who lead their lives entirely based, you know, on compassion and understanding of motive and reasoning for decisions. These people who don't necessarily write people off for making a mistake. And... These people tend to fall into this camp of they see Kylo closer to the way I experience living with Kylo, which I've written in a blog post, the difference between static characters and dynamic people. And it's funny how this all comes back to one point. It's all like this. Imagine the force nexus, you know, all of these things come back to the same exact point. Our lives, our metaphysics the fandom discourse, the divide here, this all comes back to the same thing, which is, do you see him as a character who is illustrated only in the big emotional beats, the failures, the evils, the mistakes, the the dark side decisions, or do you see him as a dynamic person who is the sum of everything he's ever lived? Exactly. And who can thus change? Because if you write a character as a caricature, then they're going to make caricatured decisions. Everything they do is going to be dramatic for the story. Whereas the people who are leaning toward 
rooting for a redemption arc, don't, I mean, emotional satisfaction over narrative satisfaction. Because either way, I know J.J. Abrams could tell a compelling narrative. <coughs> he could create a compelling story no matter which way he chose to take it. He could go the tragic route or he could go the redemption route and either would probably be Amazing. very so, well done, yeah. yes. And either of those things aren't going to change how I feel about the film as a film, but I really am beginning to see that this... And I don't mean to say that the people who are on the side of Kylo needs to die are not compassionate people, right? or that they're not willing to forgive people, or things like that. Okay, I, I'm worried that that came across that way. I think I'm just having trouble articulating what was so clear to me earlier, which is just that there seems to be this great crack in the fandom between one, one opinion and the other, and the people on both sides, their views of it tend to be different because one side seems to be rooting emotionally for Kylo to succeed, i.e. overcome the dark side and overcome his own bad choices, and other people are rooting for him to fail because he's made those bad choices. And <coughs> I really wish that people could be more open to the other side's perspective. And I know there's a lot of discourse that is that is polite and that is is well thought out, but I've seen these two sides clash over and over again, and to me this sort of illustrates in a, in a, on a grander scale the difference between the life that I live, that we live, and fandom as a whole and the franchise as a whole. Because, again, you're not going to get the smaller emotional, we were talking about this earlier, you know, you're not going to get in a blockbuster franchise that is billed as like the conclusion of the 40-year Skywalker saga, you're not going to get a montage of Kylo crying in the bathroom because he woke up at 4 o'clock in the morning and felt awful about something he had done and went and sat in the dark. Okay. But redemption, and this is, I think this is more what I meant to say. All right. The people who are rooting for redemption see redemption as a process. All right, it's a, it's something that is done piece by piece by piece. It's atoning for the things you've done wrong. It's understanding the things that you've done wrong. And it's choosing to make better choices. I mean, let, let's be reasonable here. Okay, we're going we're gonna to talk about Darth Vader for half a second. Oh, here All we right. go. We've we brought this subject up. Uh, we brought this scenario up a lot. Luke gets Vader on the shuttle and he doesn't die. No. Brings him to Endor, where he's promptly had guns pointed at him by, like, several, you know, hundred people. Yeah. Okay. Because that's the reality of that. Nobody would have held out their arms and went, okay, it would There's a difference between okay. one and but the other. let's say, you know, the whole thing of, okay, he gave up the dark side. He gave up the dark side enough to save his son. Not even save his son, just not allow his son to die at his feet. Okay, maybe I'm making a little less of it than there is. Okay. But... What happens the first time somebody pisses him off? <laughs> um, and I mean, I'm, I'm laughing just a little bit, but 
you know, what petty person who decided they were, you know, brave enough to smart off in front of them, you know, would have had themselves strangled within five minutes, you know, because reflex, mm. you know, those complete changes he, like that don't happen. They don't they, happen overnight. They don't happen overnight. They can happen, but you'd still be talking months, maybe years before the first, you know, instinct wouldn't have been to quiet the person that was you, you know, scared me for a minute you were like those changes don't happen and i was i'm over here like but <coughs> we're trying well so yes, hard like I that's not what i meant and i hadn't finished hadn't finished my like sentence. you've been here i've had bronchitis for six weeks my breathing is not what it should be anyway this is why i keep accidentally interrupting her because she's taking a breath and i think she's done <laughs> you know so those changes take a while to complete themselves you can have, you know, there is no such thing, I believe, I don't know, maybe. I mean, maybe Palpatine was evil from birth, okay? It is possible that Palpatine had the combination of factors that made him a person who was not capable of change. doesn't necessarily mean he was evil I when he was Darth born. I think Darth Plagueis had more to do with it than, than anything. But Just like know, Anakin wasn't evil from birth, but as soon as... You know, but this is, but, you know, I believe that most people are capable of having that kind of change. It's just a matter of hard work and time, you know, and the people who say, well, you know, it's been X and Y amount of time. Well, yeah, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40 years of anything doesn't change overnight, Um, which is, you know, why, you know, 10 months later now, you know, we're still dealing with stuff here because none of that happens quickly. Well, it's it, and it's tiny little changes for the mm-hmm. amount of time. But it's funny because it really, you made me think that the redemption people versus the, the atonement by death or the, the no redemption people, you know, are sort of like Luke and Leia, really. Yeah. The tone of your voice, you're talking about Darth Vader, maybe <laughs> think about it. Bloodline was really amazing in, in illustrating that. Uh, because you've got, uh, it's exactly what you were saying. I find out, I found wow. out, I just, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I was laying awake in bed the other night. You were, you were actually sleeping for a change. Oh my God. And I finally realized what the difference between the two of them is. And it's not even that one of them was more wronged by Vader than the other because, okay, yeah. you know, Luke gets his hand chopped off. It's still not equivalent to torture, but it's not a nice friendly thing either. Luke didn't have a father. Uh, Vader helped kill Leia's. Ooh. It, you know, he has that perfect recipe of young man figuring his way in the world who never knew an actual solid father figure. Well, you notice that with all of the Darksiders also, <coughs> all of the people, you notice that that seems to be a theme and I'm sure this has been touched on uh, many times, and I really need to go back and see how much discussion it's... I'm sure Luke's uh, arc has been discussed uh, to death about it, but I wonder if uh, anyone's ever really gone through and talked about it as a concept. I'm sure they have. I'm sure I'm not the first person to think of it, but if I can add something, we may do that on the next episode, because Anakin was the same. He never had a father, so he gravitated toward Palpatine. Even Ian McDermott had said you know, that Palpatine becomes like a father to him. And I remember watching that interview. I think I was watching it last week, actually, the, the special were. with them. And uh, 
he says, you know, becomes like a father, and then it cuts to the clip of Palpatine putting his hand on, you know, I need you, yeah, I need you, son. You know, then you have Luke, who didn't have a father figure. He had Owen, but Owen was never, it was always very clear that Owen was not his father and was not replacing his father. Then the same with Kylo. All right. Han Solo, and I don't care if this makes people mad. When you when people suggest that Han Solo was not the perfect father, some people in fandom get angry. They're like, I don't understand when people say Han and Leia were bad parents. No one's saying they were bad or openly neglectful or openly abuseful, par- abuseful, abusive parents. But you know, it's very clear. So you that don't have to. I mean, oh, I don't know who on earth has never been touched by the fact that you can have parents who provide everything for you. You'll never go hungry. You have all the clothes and they might love you, you know, more than anything, but they're not what you need for parents. You know, the best people don't always make the greatest parents. And that's the thing. And, you know, so eventually, you know, and that, pardon me, he felt let down by Han Solo. I need you to stop saying Han Solo. I, I can't seem to say it as a single word. Like, it just... Mwah, it's a thing. I, I, mm, I, I, was, I was so much better about this earlier. But, you know... And then Luke, obviously, uh, trying to, to fill that sort of male mentor role, failed spectacularly uh, in that moment. And, and this just giant you know, miscommunication or whatever you have it, whether it's... A failing of Luke's or a failing of Kylo's in his his reaction to it, however you choose to interpret that. And then he went to Snoke, who was the domineering, controlling male father figure in his life. So now, Kylo, now that Snoke is dead, is alone in the world, without a mentor, without a, a father figure, without someone to show him the way to go. And the choice really is, does he find the right way to go or does he crash and burn spectacularly because (laughs) he never had the foundation to build on and that's you know I really see that a lot of this discourse is either there's really no middle ground with people it's always you know and it, it, it makes me realize that it is a lot like Luke and Leia the divide you know Luke knows what Vader did Maybe not as as blatantly as Leia does, because that's, you know... But he chose to forgive him, because at the end his father, you know, showed compassion for him. I actually just had to go back and edit that, because my skin started crawling. Uh, I love my life. This is just one of those multitude of uh, little things that uh, no one ever sees. Um, So I'm documenting it because again the podcast is mostly about the experience of living with with our metaphysics and sometimes things will trigger up little responses still after all this time uh in any case uh you know his father chose to save him luke forgave him and in bloodline there's there's a, a passage about luke would discuss it with he'd, he'd talk to leia about it and he'd get this you know, expression on his face and, you know, this peace and this, you know, this calm and happiness about it. And it was made very clear that she did not share that feeling, that she couldn't think of him as her father, that she couldn't forgive him for the things that he'd done, despite the fact that she's struggling with it. And 
that is it, it, again it's that chasm of your deeds are more important than what you have done the evil you have done is more important than your desire to atone for it versus your desire to atone for your evil means that you can make amends for that and really it's a choice between evil is forever bad choices bad decisions the idea that there's a limit to the amount of forgiveness that you like forgiveness is a finite concept and i never understood that that attitude now i understand that if someone hurts you over and over and over again that you have the right to detach yourself from that person obviously to make decisions that protect yourself like you know leia's emotional distance it is is in part a self-defense mechanism you know for the losses that she suffered but the the question becomes how evil do you have to be before you're considered irredeemable see and and there's the thing because i'm not sure if redemption is an across the board concept is the thing okay let's bring it back to luke and leia again okay maybe 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 in death it makes it much easier for the whole galaxy to go luke skywalker you know you know, redeemed, you know, Darth Vader and, you know, blah, 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 blah. Most of them okay. don't even know that. Most of them don't know that. Okay, but then if they did. Okay, dead, it's a lot easier to deal with. Alive is a whole other story. Oh, yeah. Okay. Leia doesn't have to forgive him. No. Okay, whether or not he, you know, had survived and became a good person and whatever after that and spent, you know, the remainder of his lifetime trying to balance out the scales for the things that he'd done, people aren't obligated to accept it you know they can see that you're making these attempts and that can be all well and good but you they don't have to be all right with it but on the flip side it doesn't mean that because some people don't accept (coughs) it it doesn't it's not worth trying yeah and then that's true so it really depends on your point of view we we find ourselves repeating that a lot it really you know and I, I know we've wandered off on and off topic a lot, and I'm hoping that it's still really, you know, at least cohesive as a subject. Uh, we, we've stayed pretty close to to the core of it, but you know, it's it's one of those things because the, the little detail, redemption for a force user, and and the again, I, I miss my essential guide to the force being canon because it's you know. For a force user, it's different there's, than yeah, for a normal there's a person. Huge, the, 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 there's a giant, big, huge, can you use the example again? Okay, huge, big difference between Tarkin and Kylo Ren. Okay? Mm. All right. If you do things for the sake of power and you're completely in your rational mind, okay, people, again, forget that the force is basically a big, giant magic thing. Mm. Okay? You're having a thing outside of yourself acting on your rational I don't, mind. I don't... I, yeah. I still think... It's, it's hard to describe the pull of the dark side you know, and having the experience that I have as far as as opposed you know, to someone who's just power mad, you know, and not necessarily a really nice person to begin with, being a dick, you know. It, I mean, and, you know, on the dark side you have to remember <coughs> is feeds on your 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 selfish impulses and your your darker impulses, yeah. your... So if you have some of the groundwork, of course it's going to have a stronger pull. 
you know, like a really really good person you know someone like let's say got Rowan let's talk Turret alright I love Turret I love Turret I love Turret I, I, I want I want to be turret someday. Yeah, I, just... I want to go as con- I, I'm even almost all the way blind, so it, it even <laughs> even works. Yeah, I can actually get around with carrying the stick and not you know be misrepresenting. Anyway, that's actually true. Um, you know he would have had very little pull with the dark side. Okay, because although or very little temptation, very little I think temptation. Is, is, okay, yeah. okay. What I'm trying to say is that the dark side would have had less to 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 offer him. Because for the most part, he was seemed like a incredibly selfless person, you know, and that was just, you know, some people are selfless for selfish reasons, and that doesn't strike me that that was the case there. Um, Turret is is one of the. I, I really wish they had a um, Turret novel. I would really like that. You know, he had one of the best lines that uh, in the whole thing. And I don't mean the comedic. I don't mean the comedic <laughs> ones. Sorry. Uh, I mean the force moves darkly around a creature that's about to kill. Talking about the dark side, you're talking, you know, but just that the delivery of that in yeah. in the Rogue One film was, was was so matter of fact, like you know. I wonder, and and you saying that reminds me. I wonder in in universe, what kind of difference in sense say. A blind force user would have had, because like the interpretations might have been entirely different, or enhanced, depending. Something for me to ponder. Anyway, that's something that's actually in our metaphysics and our existence and in everything else has literally never come up. I have literally never thought about what happens to a force user who has a, a sensory deprivation disability. You know, a, a one. That's who's really deaf strange. I or... have lived with this for. A long time I've lived with memories of this universe and this reality for a really long time and I don't think that has ever been anything anyone has known because it's never been anything that they ran into that is really interesting that is if anybody knows the answer to that question uh, definitely uh, like let us know like hylocast at gmail.com I uh, will shout you out because that's really an interesting uh, give us your thoughts let us know but we're 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 very we're now we're getting we're very off track. Off the point is is that um, we need I need an off topic bell. I'm gonna order a little bell from Amazon, and then uh, whenever we start getting off topic, it'll be ding the off topic bell, and then uh, that'll be our thing. Uh, you know, but really, I guess the real point of it is, and and to bring it back to the next of everything being on the same subject. A lot of people think, I think, that redemption means that your crimes are forgiven. Yeah. And that's not <coughs> the point. All right? The point is is that you work toward becoming a better person. Um, I really... I wish that they would show that in the films because I want people to believe that there's hope. And I think, you know, and it's funny because every time I realize things, or I was talking earlier about sharing my experiences with Kylo, with, with all of you, I find that when I tweet, almost nobody notices. There, there are a few people that, that are, are there. But 
the things that people tend to notice the most are the things that Kylo has learned that I have put into words in small little snippets. Things like moving on and becoming a different person, uh, learning to define yourself as something other than your trauma and your baggage. It's like, who is Kylo Ren? You know, Kylo Ren is the persona that was that, that he created. Who is Kylo Ren now is the question that we're answering every day. It is who is he becoming now that he's free of those influences. <coughs> you know, he's not Snoke's war dog and, and, and you know, this and that. He's not just Leia Organa and Han Solo's son. He was never out in the galaxy by himself. He never went out and experienced things alone and he never made his own name outside of, of the First Order. So without those things, who is Kylo Ren? And that is the important defining moment there, which is that he can choose who he becomes now. And that, I think, is where the fandom and my life and the films and all of those things intersect exactly in at that one point, which is why it's such a, a fraught subject for us, which is that does he choose to become a better person or does he choose to retreat into those awful impulses? And it's funny because I'm sure a lot of, a lot, now that I think about it, uh, we were talking about father figures, a lot has been said about it because George Lucas has said Star Wars is a coming-of-age story. Mm-hmm. And really, it's Kylo's turn now in the films and in real life. Uh, and again, if you don't know what I'm talking about, meta-multiverse.blogspot.com or our AMA, uh, please keep an open mind and read it. Come back. you know, Join us again iKyloCast at gmail.com or iKyloCast on Twitter. Just understand that I'm speaking from absolute sincerity and, and, and my real life. Uh, but both in the canon and out, it is now Kylo's coming of age. Whether it's his story or not is irrelevant. He's at that point in his life where the father figure is gone and the cliches abound. Uh, the storytelling tropes uh, the killing, you know, the student kills the teacher, you know, and they have to symbolically, you know, destroy their mentor to become their own person. I think I wrote an essay about this a year ago um, on an entirely different subject uh, because it's a concept that I'm really uh, fascinated by. But now that he has moved past that and is now standing on his own without someone over him telling him, think this way, don't think this way, you know, this is the right thing, this is the wrong thing, it is now on him to become an adult and choose one path or the other. And I really hope that the message that they send with the story is not, well, you know, you messed up, you were misguided, you were misled, you made, and I'm not excusing those things, I'm not saying that they weren't his own decisions, trust me, but regardless, so there's no hope for you left. And from a storytelling point of view, that would be horrible. 
it, it really depends on how J.J. Abrams sees Kylo. And I know I've seen all the quotes about him looking like a, a kind of prince, you know, and them them being a big part of the story together in this. And of course, Ryan said they were, you know, two halves of the protagonist. But it really all hinges on how J.J. sees him. If he sees him as the villain, tragic like Anakin, then it could go either way. If he sees him as the fallen, you know, son of heroes who is at a crossroads, which is the way it it is in the existence that I know of, that that I that I experience, then it will go a different way. And I think that there's a, a level of emotional investment with people who are, are leaning toward a redemption arc that is not the same in people who have a, a have a, a sort of revenge arc. I'm not saying those people don't have an emotional investment. I'm saying it's a different reason entirely. Like the quote that started the whole rage in, in fandom uh, that drove us off Twitter uh, a couple of weeks ago about, you know, you can't forgive him for healing Han Solo. Yes, people have had 40 years to idolize Han Solo. You know, and again, it really depends on how you view Kylo and the difference between storytelling moments and life moments. You know, the most realistic emotional things do not always make the best stories. You know, and vice versa. It's it's you the things that make a human real life don't always play well on a giant screen so the storytellers have to create and craft and shape these big emotional beats to keep people hooked because people writing scripts they're talking about pacing and they're talking about cliffhangers and they're talking about drama because they want people to get involved emotionally. Whereas I'm coming at it from a different perspective because living it, I see the little the little things, the moments that change things, the conversations that change things, the things that nobody, okay, I don't want to say nobody because I know a lot of people personally who would probably pay money to see it, but regardless, the general viewing <coughs> audience does not want to sit in the theater for four hours and watch, you know, Ray and Kylo sit on the stairs and talk about how awful some of his, his decisions have been, you know. But it, it, it becomes a question of, really, how do you sell it? And in the end, the narrative solution may not be the one that's indicated emotionally. And I think people people are clashing between feeling good about the way a story resolves, feeling satisfied. It's like you watch anything, like a, a movie, uh, a drama, a psychological thriller. You know, who hasn't been watching, rooting for the protagonist, and then you have your antagonist or someone who is just so awful, you know, or stab someone in the back. And by 45 minutes into the hour, we'd be like, I hope that person gets theirs. I really hope they get what's coming to them. You know, 
And normally, stories that provoke that reaction you are meant to, right? They don't build up the antagonist as a sympathetic person, all right? They're one-dimensional. They're there to be the antagonist. That's storytelling. That's creating a character to play off your, your main protagonist, your center of your story, to create conflict. But everything about Star Wars from... Luke to Kylo to Vader and Han and Leia and everything <coughs> has been a lot more about developing these people as individual people. Solo was about developing Han Solo and, and establishing him as a, a really good guy. You know, a guy who, who had a good heart. He tried really hard to be a bad guy. And he was a lot rougher around the edges when we when we meet him in A New Hope. He was a, by compared to Solo, obviously, yeah. you know he'd lost that sort of veneer of of that sort of wide eyed sort of I'm I'm such a tough guy, you know. But you know, it, it, it you really see the development of what makes these people do the things that they've done, and until after the story had established Vader as a bad guy, we didn't see his turn to the dark side. He was the bad guy. All right? They didn't come out with, you know, a lot of supplemental material about how Vader was really a big softy, you know, later on or around the same time. So just by the nature of the way they're timing the canon, it really seems like, again, like it leads into George Lucas's point of it's a story about hope. It's a story about coming of age. It's a story about, you know, that's really why I feel like narratively they could go there. But again, I am different because I see Kylo as a person. Obviously, I live his his existence uh, a lot of the time and his memory and his his, his incredible struggle with this. And, again, we talked about it last week, about what it's like living in a world where there isn't the force and there isn't, you know, where it's just your personality, your memories, and your emotions and the things that you've done and the responsibility for the actions that you took. It's sort of like fully aware reincarnation, really. Um, Not just a hint that you have a past life or some memories. It's like fully aware you know, just sort of transitory movement, you know, you're body hopping or something. I, it, I don't want to get into the meta- metaphysics uh, in detail, but again, in the blog, there's a lot of explanations. But I see him as someone on a journey who's made a lot of mistakes. And a lot of people, uh, the Kylo story hashtag on Twitter was amazing. With how many people who have had a history of struggles with various things see that as well you know and that's why a lot of times I really wish that I could reach out to more of these people and say listen give this a listen give this a read and even if you don't necessarily believe me at least sort of understand that I'm here you know so if you ever want to and I've met some amazing supportive people and I, I can't ever complain but you know a lot of people see his journey as a chance for themselves to come back. They see that if he, in the grand, static, 
dramatic character way can be redeemed for the things that he's done both of his own accord and under the influence of other people then there's a chance for other people who've created I'm sorry committed lesser sins to be forgiven and I think that first of all it's incredibly humbling to realize that to live with him and realize that to realize that while he's over here flailing and crying, I don't mean flailing literally, but you know what I mean, and lying awake at night and pacing a rut, a literal rut, I'm not even kidding, Yeah. in our floor, over the last year, he has paced a literal rut into the carpet in the bedroom. It, I mean, it's, it's not yeah. very deep, but it's very obviously there. It's, it, it, you know, <coughs> you know, or all of these things and nightmares of flashbacks that weird skin crawling thing and i'm sure a lot of people can understand what i mean by that if you've had any experiences uh you know with people that just it's you know all of these things knowing that those things are if not understood to be really happening by people imagined or empathize with in some uh, to some degree it's amazingly humbling to understand that it, he's really not alone to realize that most of the people who empathize with him just don't have the, the large-scale crimes these commit it's most people don't wake up and have guilt for killing their father or uh, blowing up things or hurting people in ways that obviously in this world are not either possible or common you know I'm sure there are extreme cases obviously there always are but even though people here don't have those memories and those experiences they have their own that to them are just as world-altering and really Knowing that is, is, is an extraordinary thing. And so I think those people are the people who are generally rooting for him to make it because they see themselves and their own struggles. And people on the other side tend to see him as the person responsible for their struggles. And see, and, and this brings me back to what I was I had mentioned earlier. Um, we had this discussion, I think it was this morning, Um I had been surfing through archive of our own a couple of days ago. I very seldomly ever do it. But something about 20 or 25 pages in... Just avoid specifics so, yeah. so you don't end up uh, inadvertently uh, outing somebody. Um, I had run into, you know, the, the blurb of someone's story, like you, you find, you know, when you're reading the summary and whatever. And then towards the bottom was a note that said very specifically, this is anti-Raylo and anti-Bendemption. That they were both anti-Raylo and anti-Bendemption. That was what that that was what the story was. All right, you know, and that they were using their own personal experience to say if this was not acceptable for the people who have you know been abusive in their life, it wasn't acceptable acceptable for Kylo Ren either. Um, and I was I started to think for a minute because, you know, us being us. You know, we generally see things from this side of the fence. So I can see how 
the other side of the fence could possibly get to their viewpoint depending on their own life experience. Um, and that it seems to be a lot of division seems to be over whether or not people identify him with negative and it, it's a really it, it, it sort of is mind-blowing to me because people generally use that <laughs> we were talking about this earlier the you're, you come from nothing you're no, you, you, you know you're nothing but not to me as an example of him being abusive and we talked about this in episode four with Nova Mortis uh, a lot we, we brought this up and we talked about the the motivation behind that and so go check that out uh, because we don't want to rehash too much but it uh it it's it's amazing that people now more than ever have sort of polarized around Kylo as a as a projection yeah either of it's themselves either, or either of the of people that or, or of their abusers so there's like no middle ground there and i think the middle ground is where the truth lies again with the intersection between phantom and real life is that he's both an abuse victim and someone who's then made bad choices because of that which the fact that he was abused does not excuse his behavior by any stretch and believe me he does not think it does so just know that but it still seems to be that, that it's either one or the other you know and i think people because to them he's a fictional character can do that because they project it because they say all right this character is you know such and such because this is all we've seen of them and so i choose to identify a certain way and that's what fiction does for people it gives them an outlet to express their own experiences in a way that they might not otherwise have been able to but the question again is because right or wrong in this instance there isn't one because it really I mean I can tell you accurately from the life that I experienced but I experienced but that aside you know it really it, it's pretty just amazing to me that you can either like the 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 painting looks different from both sides, yeah. you know, and it's hard for people to come together around that because everyone seems to have an experience that they can project. And with Star Wars in the past, I've never seen that happen. You know, you don't see people fighting over because the story was already told. You know, I'm sure there are people who argue with their Vader I've seen arguments whether Vader, you know, <coughs> truly was redeemed or just made one good choice, which I've seen this a lot. And Leia's the, it's the same with Luke and Leia. And again, we're back to that division. I really think that it's Luke versus Leia here as far as Kylo's redemption goes. But the difference is, is we don't know what Vader would have done. Like we said, you know, they would have held him as a war criminal. He wouldn't have come home or with Luke. I don't think and, he would have made know, it to the war criminal trials. I, you know what I mean. Yeah. All right. He wouldn't have come back with Luke and been like, hey, how's it going? It, it wouldn't have. That's a really funny mental image. It reminds me of Robot wow. Chicken. But, you know, it, it. it's a lot more complex than that. 
you know. And really what happens in the canon comes down to the, the power of J.J. storytelling. It really comes down to how he feels that he can, you know, portray that. And it's, it's interesting and very difficult a lot of times to watch the discourse and know what I'm living and what I'm experiencing and not really be able to say anything. And I, that's how I know that I need to be off the internet. All right. When I get to the point where I see things and I start typing things that are a little bit past myself, I have a self-imposed limit. I will argue from canon. That is my big strong point. If I'm arguing with someone who is being really nasty about Kylo or whatever, I will use the canon, you know, screenshots of the novels or, you know, screenshots of this and that to make my point. But I never argue from the, you don't know what you're talking about, you know, I live with this every day, because that's where I draw the line of coming across a little too eccentric for what the point we're trying to make about, you know, this experience. And it's hard lately, because the discussion's getting really heated. We have a year to go, guys. Like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I, I really... I have a panic attack about once a week about watching Nine in theaters, and every rumor just sets me off. Like every they're going to surprise us and give us a trailer in like February or something. Yeah, like that. well, of course gonna, they are. Well, we're and, probably going to get the title next month. And, really, you know, and and then they'll end up airing it in May. So you know, no, hasn't everything you know, come out for Christmas? Is that is December twentieth of next year? Is is the release date for for Nine and. I have a panic attack at least once a week. It's like I, I read, I, I've read interviews with Andy Circus talking about how it's open ended and no one's ever, you know, for sure, absolutely, you know, dead and gone in Star Wars. And I have a panic attack because the idea of I don't think I can do that in the theater again. I don't think I can. I, 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 I can. All right, I know I can. I physically I can. But. There are days when we've watched Last Jedi, and there is a person, and I don't want to shout them out by name because I don't want to embarrass them. And I'm worried so often that we're going to get to a little bit of personal before we close the show today. Um, I worry about embarrassing my friends a lot. Um, real talk, I'm serious. I don't want people who support me or believe us or support Kylo to feel like they would be ostracized by other people for encouraging the crazy people. And I worry about this every day. And I know that a lot of you might say, well, don't worry about that. You know, if they can't accept you for who you are, you don't need them. But I worry that if I come across too strong, the people who do support us will be sort of more hesitant to do that because they don't want to be, quote, created by, crazy by association. And maybe I don't need to worry about it anymore. But it's been a long, long time where that has happened. I've had a lot of people just, it, it's, it's really, we sure didn't ask for this. And we're a lot, we're public with it now. Here we are on iKylo uh, talking about it and making a point to spread it as far as we can so that people know that we exist. Now we're okay with that. As, as mature adults, <coughs> we're, we're okay with that. But we've had a lot of bad experiences. So, But there's a person I, I don't want to shout out by name. But they mentioned to me that they were aware of how triggering Last Jedi uh, 
probably is for us. And I literally shed tears just from the one comment because someone, it's sort of like the same person mentioned that they, they had, you know, couldn't imagine how hard that whole discourse week was, that awful, you know, Kaibo deserves to die week, uh, where every other thing I saw on the internet was a, a rehash of the same, you know, subject. And the, having the one person understand that was amazing. And that's really why we do this, you know, because there, there are more things out there. And, 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 and because I've discovered that sharing Kylo's experiences seems to really resonate with people. Like I was saying earlier, I may have trailed off because I tend to do that. Uh, that the posts that I make that have to do with the things that he's learned about overcoming and moving forward or struggling with his memories, those are the things that seem to resonate with people. And so sharing his journey and his journey toward coming back from his worst self has become the point of this, you know, sort of living this along with all of you. And at the same time, you know, living in fandom as someone who has been an OG Star Wars fan for my entire life. And it's really difficult sometimes when those things clash really, really hard uh, because it's emotionally, you know. Anyway, uh, uh, talking about the theater, all I was trying to say is that there have been times when we've watched Last Jedi and there have been certain emotional periods where he's literally gotten up and walked out of the room uh, during the Snoke scenes because it's something about it. And Andy Serkis is not Snoke, okay? That's that's the thing that really that I need to make clear, you know. Andy Serkis is an actor portraying a person that Kylo remembers in real life, but his delivery is so good, and it is so much with that sort of dripping sort of drawl that he remembers that some lines are fine. And then some deliveries hit that button where your spine crawls and you want to shrink into the back of your neck and pull your knees up to your chest and just sort of sit there. And maybe that's just me. <laughs> no, no, I have that, I have, um, I have that reaction. Before, but, uh, yeah, sorry. Uh, a little more personal than I meant to get, but it, just so you know, uh, it, it's one of those things where, you know, and so I'm not sure I could do that on a 40-foot screen. I don't even know how big movie screens are. I feel like I should know that. Uh, but, you know, and I, things like, I really, I'll, I, so I'm as worried as you guys are uh, for different reasons and the same reasons. I'm worried narratively about how they're going to wrap it up. You know, I watched the films on VHS when I was a kid, back to back to back. So really... I would like to see the story, if it's going to be the quote-unquote end of the Skywalker saga, I would like to see it wrapped up in a way that is really sa emotionally satisfying. And on the other hand, it's like the biopic we keep talking about. I mentioned it in the blog probably, you know, ten times. You know, and it's a really good example. And you know what? I'm, I'm going to walk you guys through this. All right? This is going to be my gift to you on iKyloCast uh, today. If you haven't read the blog and you haven't... covered the biopic. I haven't really gone into detail. You know, it's pretty, it's pretty, it's a quick exercise to try to empathize with uh, what we experience every day. Okay. Imagine that you are you as a person. You go to work, you go to school, you do your thing, and someone decides, maybe a friend of yours, or maybe you fall out of a bus 
and you escape unscathed. And in so doing, you, you know, prevent the bus from crashing into a light pole and there's 12 orphan children on board or whatever. One event in your life is suitably dramatic. All right, depending on the scale. So one of your friends or someone you know or whatever, they decide to make a biopic about you. And they talk to all your friends and they get a general idea of it. And they make this movie about your life that is trailered, you know, as based on a true story. Okay, but it's not right. Some of it is real, some of it is accurate, some of it is completely inaccurate, and some of it is made up out of whole cloth to fill in the gaps, because that's how they do that. And in this film are personal things that you never thought would see the light of day, your worst moments, maybe, your, your lowest low, because again, we talk about this a lot, the story points and the emotional beats, as we keep saying, are a lot different than a life played out the way life happens. You know, life is not a series of super dramatic events and super dramatic events and then super lows. It's a series of super dramatic events, a lot of midline events, a couple of low lows, then a super high, and then five years of midline events. You know, or things that to you are super dramatic and change the course of your entire life but a director would throw out of a script for being boring or narratively unconvincing but you have this film and it's put out and people say oh look at this fictional movie this is a story about this character named XYZ whatever you live with that and People talk about it. People talk about the decisions that you made in the movie and why you made the wrong decisions and how you were a horrible, awful person because you did X, Y, and Z a thing to X, Y, and Z another character and they really hope there's a sequel and you die. And obviously, once it passes a certain threshold, you can't say, hey guys, I'm a real person or, you know, whatever. Because the phenomenon has snowballed so far beyond one person's existence that there's nothing to be done except tell your story when you can, be as authentic as you can, and learn to live with it. And if you can imagine that for one minute without scoffing or rolling your eyes or thinking, God, he's completely unhinged, then you understand what it's like. And I really, our format is not perfect yet, but I really think that the fact that our podcast is about fandom clashing with this experience is something that a lot of people have never experienced and really should because it, it, it's certainly a way of opening your eyes to the fact that consciousness and mind and reality don't always follow the story that we're told. You know, it wouldn't make a good narrative story, maybe, but it's still the truth. And with that, I think I'm going to get ready to wrap this up. I was going to let him answer a couple of questions, uh, just generic questions that were suggested to me, not specific ones, uh, just theoretical questions. Uh, they're uh, sort of philosophical questions that... Maybe we can do a short episode tomorrow or something with some of the questions. Well, we still owe our first uh, Ray and Kylo react to canon.
Um, Ray has snuck into a couple of podcasts, but we've been trying to get her to, to front for a little bit of a discussion, but she just doesn't want to do that. It's uh, but uh, they um, they're planning on doing rack video, uh, one a week till Christmas, uh, all ten films, uh, and we're a little behind because we had serious audio problems this week, but they're fixed. Woo-hoo. Like this is the probably the best audio that we've ever had. And I'm hoping it holds because that's fantastic. It's spectacular. I'm very happy about that. Very happy. Um, so again, if you have questions, I'm really, I'm almost hesitant to post this because it's a little too personal. It got a little personal. No, it's, that's good though because it, it allows people to really see behind it. I, I understand behind that. other than the big dramatic gestures that you're always talking about. So yeah, but I mean, if people are listening to a fandom podcast, it, really anyone who stuck with us this far, you know probably uh, might appreciate it and people who are hearing it for the first time I would hope they would go back and listen to the AMA listen to episode four with Nova Mortis who we've got to get back for another episode because that was really just if enjoy Star Wars responsibly you need to check him out uh he's just one of the best hosts he's a Star Wars curator uh his collection is amazing (coughs) and hearing him talk about it is also amazing uh so definitely check that out uh, if you have questions, concerns, comments, uh, ikylocast at gmail.com or on Twitter, ikylocast. Hate mail will be summarily mocked mercilessly because I've seen all of it. Yeah, we, so, we put flames up and then like allow everybody else to point and laugh. I once had a wall of shame for the worst uh, hate mail that I got for existing and for coming out and talking about my life. Here we are doing it again, but again as the whole point of the podcast today is is really supposed to be about, we're doing it because there's a certain empathy and it both helps him know that he's not alone on the mornings that he sits and and wonders why bother and might maybe, if I'm really lucky, help some of you who are listening know that you're not either because we're going through it too. And... I think really, if I had one wish about it, it would be that everyone was on the same page, as far as fandom goes. That people really took to heart the overarching message of the Star Wars saga. You know, they don't say hope six million times for no reason. You know, it could be a drinking game. And every time Leia says hope, take a drink. I don't drink, but just a suggestion. But in all seriousness, <laughs> the glare that gets melts steel. We actually had to stop for a minute because I just lost it. Uh, but in all seriousness, you know, they don't say it that many times for no reason. All right, through the entire saga, I'm talking, you know, even Rogue One, you know, not just the end, obviously, but all through the all through the the film. And I really wish that people could sort of be united around that you know that it's never too late I think that if we were more inclined to believe that a lot of people would be able to come out of that darkness if they believed that somebody believed in them uh, I, I really think no one can pull someone else out right, you have to do it yourself you have to be ready you have to want to it's not a cliche because if someone else pulls you out, you're going to fall right back into that pit with the same decisions and the same mindset as before, 
unless you are really, really ready to want to change. But that being said, it is a lot easier to want to change when someone's holding a hand out. You want to be better for them. You know, you want to be a good person. You want to be a better person. You want to be a person that someone can be proud of. And I really think that we, we all need that, really. I mean, we've all made mistakes. We've all messed up. And maybe not all of us have, you know, won a platonic. All right, I, I, but there is still hope, you know, for the underdog, for the, 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 the downtrodden. That, that was what I always took away from it as a, as a child. You know, that, that if you believe in it hard enough, you know, good will win. And that means not just the good side of the force or the good army of the, you know, rebellion, but the good, this is going to sound really cliche, guys, and I'm really sorry, but the, the internal good, the good inside that outweighs the dark impulses that make us bad people or make us act like bad people. You know, they say the dark side is selfishness, you know, fear, anger, the worst side of yourself, you know, the, the, the worst person. Whereas overcoming the dark side and thus redemption in the end means overcoming those things that lead you to do those things and to choose to make better choices in the future. And if you can't see the symbolism in that, you, you miss the point, I think. I really do. Uh, but that's just my opinion. Your mileage may vary. Obviously, everyone can take away what they choose to. Because to 99.999% of population, it's just a space opera about wizards with laser swords. You know, so take from it what you will. That's just my two cents. Uh, thanks for joining us this week on iKyloCast. Uh, I'm going to be brave and put this out there, and we'll see what happens. Do you have anything you want to say before we sign off? All right. I will hope that you guys will join us for our Ray and Kylo React to Star Wars canon. Our poll, uh, by the way, won a chronological order one, so we're going to start with Phantom Menace. And, uh, <laughs> I can see the face you're making. There. You're like, oh. no, I, I'm thinking about the my favorite scenes from Phantom Menace, which which should be fun. I kind of um, forgot about the difficulties uh, with some of the end. Um, yeah, it, well, yeah, this is yeah. Anyway, it'll you know, I I'd kind of like I, I'd written off Phantom Menace as a well, at least we don't have to worry about it being horrible. I'd written it off entirely as it being something that was a little more easy on the emotions and then I'm like oh there's that whole thing with Qui-Gon at the end <sighs> you know it's so yeah um and it's funny the the emotional points that people have because of the metaphysics that you that you might not have otherwise or you would have but from a different perspective but anyway join us for that we want to do that as our holiday are we, do, uh, are thing. we doing that tomorrow uh, hopefully but yeah. I don't ever I don't want to make any promises in, in case something happens of course, we've both been ill, and again, I've got chronic illnesses that tend to flare up and down, depending. But we're hoping we're, we're going to at least get that started, and then, of course, join us next week, uh, Sunday uh, night, for our <coughs> next episode. Thanks for being here. May the horse be with you. Thanks for joining us for another episode of iKyloCast. We hope you enjoyed it. Be sure to tune in next time, and may the force, and the balance, and an open mind be with you.